Round two. Uh, I am your host, Smiley. With me, as always, Shy and Van. What is up, gentlemen? What's up, dude? What's up? We are recording to you from a new uh, apparatus. Uh, same locations, as you can see, but now we are using Zoom instead of. Uh, sorry, you just said it. What was it called? Microsoft. It's like X- Xbox, Xbox Game Xbox. DVR. It's uh, the Windows 10 built-in game recording software. Look, yeah, fake we it till you make it. That's what I was taught, Smiley. We were we were doing it. It didn't work out. We lost a podcast last week. A good podcast, I thought. Um, instead of redoing that same topic, we decided we're going to do a different topic today. We're going to keep the question of the day from last week since, since uh, it ties into our previous actually recorded podcast. And we'll come back to the topic that we had discussed on the Lost Podcast again later. That way it stays a little fresh. Today we're going to talk about the nature of reality. That's right. It's a philosophy podcast. Um, specifically, we're talking about reality versus virtual reality, the blurring distinction between games and real life. Uh, I think this is a good one. I hope you're looking forward to it. I know I am. Um, I'm already bored. Uh, all right. Well, you know, me and, Shai, like, me, and Shai Shai a, so. me and Shia have a great conversation. You can just <laughs> look pretty, do what you do best. Um, it's, I don't know if I mentioned, did I say I did season two, episode 48 today is we're recording in the evening. It's uh, June 13th year of our Lord, 2020. Uh, we're going to bring the energy, even though it's a nighttime podcast and uh, we're going to get right into the question of the day. Uh, so last two weeks ago, I guess our last episode, we had a sports podcast, talked about sports. Uh, we wanted to kind of revisit that with our question of the day and go with a sports story. So I just want to hear, tell me a sports story. It can be about uh, something good, something bad, uh, you know, jinxes and, and, and superstitions, whatever you like. I'm going to start with uh, Van. Go ahead, Van. Tell me a sports story. What do you want to talk about? So my sports story is going to piggyback off of the um, episode that we had two weeks ago, technically, but one for our listeners. And I was wearing, some of you may have noticed, I was wearing a hat, a red hat. It was an LA Dodgers hat, but it was in like the UCLA colors. So it was, it was burgundy and gold, or uh, excuse me, not burgundy. Um, cardinal and gold are the official mm-hmm. colors so it's cardinal and gold and um there were some signatures on there for our keen our viewers keen eye viewers may have seen some signatures and i just wanted to tell you all where the signatures came from so i got those signatures luckily um my wife's cousin is one of the team physicians for the dodgers and as such he gets perks so that we're he could bring uh, people to games with him or he has extra tickets or things like that and one of the coolest parts about it isn't necessarily like the free games those are awesome watching dodgers but i really like the events that take place going on before i know so exciting right smiley and then the post game stuff also so the the before what makes it so exciting post and pre is that we get to use like the players entrance and exits and all that fun stuff so it's really neat because we get to like sit next to these ball players who are freaking humongous in real life by the way like you see them on tv and they look like they're this small in life they're not this small they're actually like humans they're like six they're like eight, human seven sized. yeah it's crazy they're Wait, freaking the sta- huge the stadiums aren't built for ants is that what you're saying no, <laughs> it's not a stadium for ants so anyways they're freaking huge so there was one time that we were leaving through the, the player's um, exit and we went down. And then all of a sudden I saw uh, D. Gordon and Matt Kemp, who's no longer on the Dodgers, neither of them. And they were messing around just like we all do. They're all kids playing baseball, right? That's what they talk about baseball. It's just kids playing stickball. 
And they were running around and Matt Kemp like hid behind me because I'm kind of a big dude. And he was hiding from, from D Gordon. And while he's hiding there, I had the hat because it was that, that, that promo for that night. So I put, handed the hat over my shoulder. I was like, Hey Matt, you mind signing this dude? He's like hiding behind me. I gave him a pen. He's like signing while he's hiding. And then D Gordon comes over, finds them. They get into this little fun little, um, tissel over uh matt kemp stealing his shoes and then um while d gordon was there i was like hey d you want to sign too so then sure enough he signed it got two signatures and it was pretty awesome so i still have that hat it's kind of special when i get to wear it so i I clearly don't wear it often go outside you had a chance to just be cool and horse around with these pro mlb players and instead you're like Please, yeah. sir, have your signature. <laughs> yeah. Have some more. That's exactly. Dude, I'm sure how. The only time. So I used to do. So sidebar. I used to do security for um, movie promotions and screenings and stuff like that in downtown LA. So I got to see a lot of celebrities. Never got starstruck once. But man, being in the elevator and having Clayton Kershaw walk in that elevator, I was like a freaking little girl, dude. I was like, <laughs> and then he'd look at me and I'm like, and they'd look away and I'd be like, <laughs> like it was crazy. I never knew what Starstruck was until being like literally shoulder to shoulder with Clayton Kershaw. It was so amazing. Yeah, I don't know what something about I'm sure like I, I've never personally been in the presence of any like Hall of Fame athletes, yeah. but that's gotta be pretty crazy. Dude, like Especially if, when like, it's somebody you like and respect and exactly you know, I mean, like, like if you were chilling with Peyton Manning, like all of a sudden. Oh man, that'd be crazy. Yeah. Dude, it'd be insane. Yeah. And it's like guy like Clayton Kershaw too, like you know, we uh, if you go back to our last podcast, if you want my opinion on the Dodgers, but um, but you got to respect Lane Kershaw. I got For sure. Boss. He is a boss and he does yeah. so much work outside, much like a lot of Dodgers on, on any team, but he just like, he's such a philanthropist and shares the wealth and like, he doesn't just throw money at things like him and his wife fly to Africa to help build houses by hands for like homes for, for other people. It's like, it's crazy, dude, what they do. And he did that before he became a Dodger and he continues to do it to this day. So he's a great guy. This episode not sponsored by Clayton Kershaw <laughs> or the Dodgers <laughs> or the Dodgers. However, we, I wish it we would not. <laughs> Boy, that's a that's a moral dilemma. All, would I take money all, from the Dodgers? We all have to wear Dodger apparel while we're podcasting. What a Sophie's choice! <laughs> Hell, hey, when we start getting <laughs> selling himself out, <laughs> when we start getting into this philosophical philosophical question, I might have to ask that and see what that's, you say. Oh my goodness! I, like I, they're willing to sponsor the podcast, they're going to throw money at it. Are you willing to just put on a Dodger? To put on a Dodger hat and play some of my abs, that would hurt my soul. Oh, I never thought about selling out, man. That's crazy. Well, we'll get back to the viewers on that one. I think my wife would probably be like, take the money. It's just the Dodgers. Who cares? What do you think? Close your eyes while you're podcasting. Don't look at it. Don't look at the hat while you're putting it on. Well, that story, that was a long story, but that was a good story. That was pretty cool, man. Like, that's a lot better than the story I'm going to tell because I was not hanging out with nearly as cool people as you. Um, let's go to Shy first. Shy, tell me about your story. Yeah, Sports my story is not nearly as fun and was a lot more painful, I think. Um, I kind of alluded to it last last episode, but uh, I actually broke my hand um, one uh, one time watching a football game on TV. So not not participating in a football game, not even being live in the field at a football game, but just at home in my living room. They don't let viewers. Uh, not a field. Generally. All right. Yeah, yeah. Generally. Yeah, but they can be frustrating, um, dude. I get it. Like football um, games can be very frustrating. Yep. That's I have, what I'm thinking. I have been on a on the sideline of a football game before, running uh, cable for a camera operator before. Oh, that's time. awesome! Like after my college uh, TV broadcasting education, that, why don't I just tell that story? That, that sounds like a much cool cooler story. story. That does sound like that's, an exciting that's story. A very <laughs> cool story. It's not really a super cool story. Basically, um, after well, we're going to tell that story instead. Never mind. The, Two the stories. Tell them both. Tell them both. Let's just um, roll with it. Yeah. So the 
the handbreaking story basically when I was a kid, we were living in Texas for a couple of years, and I was a big Cowboys fan, and they had this really this really climactic game one night against a rival, and I got super into it in the living room, jumped up, was was cheering them on, and I tripped and fell on my hand, <laughs> and it broke. <laughs> and I guess I don't know if I just tolerate pain well, or I'm just like super proud, and I don't want to ask for help, but uh, I didn't apparently make a big deal of it, and so like after about a week, it hadn't the swelling hadn't reduced. So my mom's like, we probably need to have that looked at. And it turns out that I broke a couple bones in my hand. And so, so you had a broken hand for like a week and didn't like, it was like thing about three it or four days. Like oh my it, God. We it on ice. I don't know. It was, yeah, That's it was crazy. weird. Um, but yeah. So the other story really quickly, it's not really that cool of a story, but basically I went to, I went to school for uh, broadcast communications is what I studied in college. And a lot of my friends went on after they graduated to be freelance, like to freelance, like a lot of sporting events, a lot of them still do that. I mean, you can make really good money. You just, you don't have a set schedule. You don't really have a lot of like stability in your life. You want to, but you get to travel a lot, be at sporting events stuff like that um i got a different job i got a steady job at a school that i work at still now but uh one of my friends invited me to come and do freelance with him one like one night on a saturday at a i think it was a college sporting event um and so i went out and it was cool we got to like set up the stadium run all the cables set up the cameras and then that night he was running a sideline camera along the sidelines of the football field <clears throat> and i basically was running the cable the, the hit the cable for his camera so i'd have to like he'd be kind of running up and down the field and i'm having to like spool and unspool cable and run behind him and it was it was cool it was it was that a long really day fun. but it was it was a cool it was a cool i've experience. seen those guys yeah like, you can see them like during the games you just see yeah. them out there like feeding cable and like yeah. bringing it back and everything yeah it's super stressful that's awesome that's a good story <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you glad you got to tell it. Um, all right. Well, my major was in philosophy when I went to university, and so that will come into play a little bit later, perhaps. But it doesn't have anything to do with my story. My story is just um, it's kind of a simple story. A couple of years ago, not last NFL playoffs, but the year before, which would have been like January of 2019. Uh, I had these two clowns uh, who are my co-hosts out to my house uh, along with a couple other friends. Um, and we had a pretty good time, but one of the best times that we had while we were out there was, uh, the NFL playoffs were, were going strong. It was the AFC championship game, AFC and NFC championship. I think we watched them both, but really the one that sticks out is the AFC championship game. It was the chiefs against the Patriots. And, you know, we all come, as you may remember from last week, we all come from different sports backgrounds. We have different teams. A lot of those teams are in strict opposition, but, uh, one thing that really unites most of America, all of the right thinking America, I would say, is a, is, a, is a good, healthy hatred for the New England Patriots and everything they stand for. Um, and so, political right or what do you mean by that? No, 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 we're talking about just football. <laughs> this is a football conversation, right? This is a football conversation. We're not talking about anything beyond that. We're talking about the New England Patriots and how they're a, a blight on the NFL. Um, and so, yeah, we were watching this game between the Chiefs and, and the Patriots. It was an amazing game. Like, it was back, it was forth. There were some questionable calls that kind of maybe changed the outcome of the game. And, like, um, I'm not really much of a social sports watcher. I'm not the kind of guy who, like, goes out to bars or goes to parties to watch things. I tend to watch football or, or, or hockey or whatever in the comfort of my own home, me my, myself, by myself or maybe with my son or my wife or something. Um, but, but, boy, like, having some of my best friends all together – watching this game and like kind of just being all of us we were it was such a good game we're all on the edge of our seats we had a rooting interest like it was it was an exciting experience and uh like we did a lot of cool stuff that 
uh, those couple days that, that, that these guys came out. And, and I think we have a lot of good memories that uh, we had some really good D and D campaigns that weekend. Uh, but that's, oh, that's God. the first thing I think of. I think of that, that football game where we didn't even really do anything. We were literally just sitting around my living room watching. It was so you know, awesome. It, there was some, there's something in the air. And like, I, I yeah. it was, it was a very cool experience and I really enjoyed it. So. And like, who would have expected a freaking Broncos fan and a Raider fan rooting for the Chiefs? Rooting like, for the Chiefs! Brought together to it's, root for the Chiefs. And a, and a Seahawks fan, too, who used to be in that division with the Chiefs. Probably has yeah. no love. But I, I, think, I, don't, I don't know that I was rooting for the Chiefs. Okay, I, don't I agree. Know. I think I was rooting for Mahomes. And I was rooting against the Patriots. There, there's that also, yeah. That's true. <laughs> but still, yeah, but listen, that's what they say. War makes strange bedfellows. I mean, in that case, the enemy of your enemy is your friend, and, and here we all are. Um, you know, I, rooting for the same controversial the same. statement. I don't hate the Patriots as much uh, as you guys good, hate the Patriots. All right. So I think you need to start hating them more. <laughs> See, you know, I, you know, we, there's we, no place for me on this podcast. I, I don't know if we touched on this, but I wonder. I'm hopeful. I actually am hopeful that one that, day he will hate them. That no, the opposite. That that one day our hatred of the Patriots can die. Tom yeah. Brady's moved yeah. out. If we get Belichick leaves. to get out of there, if they could yep. maybe get back to being a respectable NFL franchise, yep. I have nothing against the Pete New Carroll England area. Yeah, well, well, I wouldn't go that far. That's that's replacing, you know, Lucifer with uh, some other fallen angel. No, we don't want to get into that. But um, maybe maybe the Dodgers coach will have a change of like profession. He'll be like, I'm called to football. I'm going to go coach the Patriots. All I know is, you know, it'd be great to one day for the Patriots to just be another team and not have the, you know, aura of of cheating and and wrongdoing about them. Um, because I used to like the Patriots back in the day, way back when they were good. But we've gotten far afield here, as is often the case. <laughs> Another that's our episode. that's it's our awesome sport. Because yes, twenty we, minutes in, we could, we were not afraid. But one of the funny sayings that we always have is like, "Oh, I don't know if we could fill this episode," and like we're spilling over clearly into this episode. And never, never, uh, never difficult to get us to keep no. talking. It's getting us to stop talking. That's the problem, um, which is why we do a weekly podcast. So uh, that was our question today. If you, our listeners, have a sports story you'd like to share with us, if you have questions about our sports story, if you'd like to hear more about Shy breaking his hand or or what how 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 else Van might have embarrassed himself in front of some of his Dodger heroes, uh, you know, drop us a line. We'd love to we'd love to continue to interact with you. We will share our contact information at the end of the show as is our way so to the meat of it let's get to the philosophy let's talk about reality and virtual reality so what what brings this up for us is just the way that you know games have become so far advanced they've come so far from the days of pong and mario mario brothers and 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 duck hunt and things like that like we all met through a virtual reality of a sorts in the MMORPG Final Fantasy XI. Like th- that game more than any other, I think really brought this topic to my attention. The idea that when you think about what are some of the ways, what are some of the things that help us differentiate reality from non-reality, right? So like, how do you know you're not dreaming right now? Well, some of the things that we that we use to verify that in our waking life are things like consistency and permanence, right? Like when you go outside your house, the outside is the same every time you go out there. Not that things don't change there, but like you, you find basically what you expect in the world. If you go back to your hometown, maybe things may have changed since the last time you were there, but like, it's in a way it's still the same it's it nothing has changed that's unreasonable. Like the topography tends to be the same. The, the streets are still there, you know, like, 
things like that. There's a permanence to reality that like in a dream, sometimes you don't have a level of permanence and a level of detail. And when we look in a lot of these games, these world games like Final Fantasy XI, World of Warcraft, like they've created worlds within their games that are just as permanent and just as consistent as the real world right like when you log into if you were to go log into final fantasy 11 right now that world is is just the way you left it like you can go back through those old zones and nothing you know your way around just like you don't know your way through your old neighborhood like you know how to get places everything's where it should be there's a level of permanence and so it makes you think like i mean it's it's kind of cliche when you have movies like the matrix that have raised this but like how do we know that we're not in a in a simulation of some sort like as these games get more and more technical as we move into more of a virtual like a full virtual reality with like you know goggles and things like what will help us to differentiate between what's real and what's not so i'm gonna start with van i just want your thoughts on this like it's just kind of an open like what's on your mind i was cracking up because i was just remembering i think it was um the office where dwight was played second life and he was like in his second life he was still a paper assistant <laughs> to the regional manager for a paper company salesman because <laughs> you were like well maybe this is the reality and then i was like oh wow that's like inception shit right like yeah we're playing a simulator inside a simulator and then i was like oh it's like second life oh it's like dwight from freaking what's it called like we're in the, the simulator and i choose to yeah it's so good <laughs> <laughs> um but no, it's, a, it's a really good question especially i was i was perusing some of the final fantasy 11 forums just today and um Indeed. granted it's the internet so people can lie they could say whatever they want but some people were like posting their playtime, and they're like oh non-rollenberry um you know bizarring and stuff like that and rollenberry bizarring is basically when you leave your character on overnight so that you have like this personal bazaar that people can walk in see your character buy your stuff and leave so it takes up a massive amount of times of course but anyways people were asking like hey what's your playtime? what's your true playtime?" non Rollenberry, and like some people have like eight, 10, 12 years of playtime. And I'm like, dude, the game's been out for 20 years. That means that 12 hours a day consistently, you have been on average, you have been playing this game. So it really begs the question has that become their new reality? Because in essence, they have to sleep for eight hours, which means they spend four hours of their time outside of that reality and 12 hours of their time a day inside that reality. So they, they spend substantially more time in this simulator than they do outside. So what has become their new reality? Like, it's, this, this is a pretty awesome question, and we'll, I hope to tear it apart. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely have to get into the Ready Player One uh, idea which if you've seen the movie or read the book, which I highly recommend you read the book. Um, in that, in that, it's a kind of a future set novel where there's a, a permeating ultimate like game, alternate reality that everybody plays. And like the real world has really decayed to a part where it's so she, nobody wants to actually be in the real world. Like they do what they have to do in the real world just to, to sustain themselves. And they spend all their time in this, augmented reality which is way fucking better and like it's kind of what you're talking about a little bit yeah. and then it's like at what point if you're like like even if you know that you're that it's not reality if you if all you ever do is sleep and eat and use the bathroom and you spend all the rest of your time plugged into a virtual reality what is Dude, real to you i don't yeah. think we're that far off from that actually happening it's especially not, with technology becoming as cheap as super it is sci-fi. there will be a, a a ridiculous amount of people who will prefer that and it's not that far away sorry shy yeah shy please jump in 
No, I think, I mean, I think we're already there to a certain extent. I think, I mean, it may not be VR, but I think what Van said really hits home, it hits home for me, yeah. honestly. You guys know that a few years ago, like I really kind of had gotten to a point in my life where I'd let myself go and had to make some changes in my life. And one thing that was part of that was I realized like personally that I valued, I'd become, I'd come to value like almost like a did like digital content or digital characters more than like my real, real like my, myself, you know? And I think that kind of had to become a, a mental shift and I, that caused a lot of change in my life. But like I was spending, that was, that was my reality to a certain extent. I was working a full-time job, but when I wasn't working a full-time job, I was, I was online. I was in Final Fantasy yeah. 11. I was doing other stuff. And like, um, so I can really relate to that. I think that, yeah. I think that we look around us today and I know Smiley, this isn't really hitting on probably like maybe where you were wanting to go, maybe more we can like, go anywhere like we want. reality, but like, if you look at the world today, like it's just kind of getting more dismal. It seems like the news is just despondent and there's a lot of hatred out there. A it's lot been a of shitty year. Um, well, it's been a shitty year, but I think in years. general, like, I think, I think it just seems like people are becoming <laughs> three years. I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's the globalization or, or what, but like, you know, people are just get, becoming angrier. It feels like maybe that's just what gets the news, you know, like yeah. the news doesn't like to focus on the good things that are happening or the generosity and social media, right? Or the, yeah. Like, like social media is just as angry as the news. It so. highlights it. Maybe it highlights, yeah. put a mag, puts a magnifying glass on on the worst things but i think people in general are are less happy or feel less satisfied or 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 the world doesn't seem as a safe of a place and so people i think have gravitated to i think gaming has become a a, a refuge almost for a lot of people you know it's a way to escape like escapism you know and so i think um i think you know smiley it's interesting you, you talk about like when people choose that i i mean we you mentioned matrix kind of tongue-in-cheek but i, I always love that scene in the Matrix, and I, don't, I think we were refined to spoil. Um, yeah, spoilers we, we, we if you haven't seen the Matrix. That's yeah, an old so, movie. Um, but when the guy, the betrayer, Cypher. I don't remember the name, Cypher, Cypher. Yeah. When, when he's like... I know exactly what you're going to say. Yeah, he's oh, betraying, yeah. and he's at that dinner table with, with, with Smith. With Agent and Smith. He's like, yep. And he's eating that steak, and he's like, he's like, even if I know it's fake, you know, like, it still tastes yep. damn good, you know, or whatever. The ignorance yep. is bliss. Yep. That's what he says. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that that's right. That's a perfect example is like, this is somebody who, and you know, we're not like, that's obviously an extreme example, but it's exactly what you're talking about. Right. Like he woke up to reality and found that like, he's in basically, he's in like a hellhole, like a shithole of a world. Like they're living, like the humans are living in, in poverty and in hiding and like, they can't see the sun they're underground. And he's like, I don't, I don't want this. I don't, this is, this, this sucks. Like I want to go be in rather the matrix and be, be, in the be in the video game. <laughs> yeah. I want right? to be in the virtual reality video yeah. game. Yeah. Eating steak, driving fast simulator. cars. Yeah. Like, and you're, it's a great, it's a great parallel. Cause that's just a very extreme example of what I think a lot of, like you said, a lot of people feel that way. And I think what it, it, it was going to tie in very well to our, our next topic, which is morality. But like, I think there's definitely a, they say what's somebody can correct me or look this up um it's not confirmation but maybe it is confirmation bias there's something for the the idea that like like when something let's let's say you're looking at gotcha like a gotcha mechanic right like when you have a really bad pull you remember that more than all negativity the, like, bias negativity bias it's 13 times easier to remember negative things than it is positive things yes so 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 i think that's what you get a little bit with like you said the news and social media and just with globalization like we hear and see and interact with so many more things and it's so much easier 
to gravitate to the negative because that's what people remember. That's what people talk about. And like, so it, it feels like there's more when yeah. we don't remember, like, like nobody talk, thinks about an average day because it's average and forgettable. Um, but, but it does, you're right. Like whether it's true or not, there's a perception that things are worse, that things are bad, that there's a reason to escape, whether it's into movies, books, video games and like video games being one of the most active means of escape but i mean i think yeah. you can look at like the success of like the marvel franchise and like part of it is those movies are just really good but it also does it 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 gives people an escape it gives people a, a way to look at like hey here's a here's another fucked up situation a fucked up world and here's somebody doing something about it and that that kind of can feel really good um so let's unless you guys have anything more on that and i'm sure you do but like if you, if you don't mind let's transfer a little bit to morality because this is another thing that we were thinking of um in just the way that video games bleed over into into reality so right now uh there's something that caught my eye and this is actually what kind of spurred this whole podcast for me is as i also was on the final fantasy 11 forums the other day and um in final fantasy 11 uh one of the nations is uh van's home nation bastok is kind of split into two uh racial segments right so there's the humans and there's the galka who are these big hulking like lizard dudes who are kind of like they're a little slower of speech and they kind of have some strange customs and for a long time they were used as slave labor in the mines there and they have since been liberated and live alongside the humans um, there's a lot of racial parallels to some of the things that we see in this country. Um, and what I found very interesting is I'm reading this, um, I'm reading this forum and they were talking about the different cities, about uh, the main cities in the game. And somebody said, well, Bastok's the best, except for the filthy Galka. You can just burn all them. And like, it reminded me that in, in the game, both in the game, like in the game lore, but also with the players, because this is a massively multiplayer online RPG. This is real people existing in this world. There was a, a discrimination against Galkas uh, in a lot of real ways. And there were reasons too within the game, like the Galka stats um, were very heavily weighted towards physical characters and very weak magically. And so players who wanted to play a Galka and use the mage classes were ridiculed yeah. and, and kind of chased out having and, like low mentality low low mental ability so they can't cast those difficult mm. spells and things like that yeah and so it was it was very interesting to me to see that this game is like a completely made up thing like these races aren't real they're not real people and yet people still like they they have these uh, like racist attitudes in the game that then carry over to real life. I, I, it maybe it got me to think about like the way we treat each other in game and like the, it kind of can bloom into a larger conversation with the, the internet at large. But like the idea that in a, when you're playing a game with other people, it's not really you, it's you're interacting through your game's avatar and how that changes the way you treat people. Um, and I think we probably can see examples of that on like Twitter and Facebook and things as well. But let's talk about it in a game context. I'm going to go to Shy first. What What are your thoughts about the way morality is impacted by by like online gaming and and this kind of virtual reality we have? I'm trying to get. I'm trying to dig into the question a little bit more. Um, what? Uh, so, <laughs> what are you trying to get me to speak into? I guess. 
like maybe we'll go, I, where have I experienced it or like yeah sure like or what have you is there anything you what do you do you think people treat do you think that the that the the anonymity of playing in a game changes the way people treat each other like do you think you've seen either you've treated people a certain way or you've been treated a certain way that you feel wouldn't happen in real life just because it was a game yeah I think so. yeah that, yeah i think that i think that is true um i think that yeah um it's very it's a lot easier when someone's not standing right in front of you or you're not surrounded <laughs> by people maybe you work with or family who you you know really maybe care about their opinions or they could potentially you know there could be repercussions um, based on your behavior to behave poorly or to, or to treat someone um, condescendingly um, I think oddly enough as we've talked mentioned earlier just about the state of the world nowadays I feel like some of that is is doesn't maybe seem as I think even in the real world, we're seeing more more of those lines blurred. Maybe like civil behavior isn't isn't what it used to be, you know, mm. and, and um, um, courtesy isn't maybe maybe what it was a decade ago or a couple of decades ago. And so, um, if you think of maybe if uh, <clears throat> I don't know if online environments just maybe um, multiply that potentially like that could just really speak into just how bad potentially some online environments are getting and i think we've seen that with even based on the games we play you know what i mean like i think in mmos i think we would maybe all agree and i don't know if you guys would agree with me but i think some of the mmos we played maybe because they're square enix mmos or because they're because of the audience they cater to like a lot of times the communities actually are are a lot better than maybe some of the other online games we played um it seems like maybe some of the more competitive pvp based games lend to more of that kind of toxic behavior or that where that people hide behind a, a, a gamer tag or a screen name and really either pick on people or call people out or um you know really come after people what do you think ben so to answer the first question yeah i definitely think there's a psychological aspect to it which is we're twice removed in my opinion when we're playing video games not just once removed where like if you're in a chat room you're once removed right meaning that the person's not directly in front of you um you can more easily be a dick it's been proven on you know on psychological tests and whatnot and i think with um mmorpgs you're twice removed because not only is the person not in front of you it's not you doing the speaking it's an avatar Right. So not only are you not in front of the person, but it's the avatar speaking to the other, other avatar. It's my my faux body talking to this person. So it's not even me not talking to this person. And I think once you start getting that distance, it's really easy to stray away from your core beliefs and values. And you can just kind of slip down this this dirty rabbit hole pretty, pretty, pretty easily. So I think that's possible. Not a, not meant to be a matrix reference, but, um, and then the other thing I wanted to talk about, and I hope we get into is something that I've noticed with almost every single game I've ever played MMORPG that is very communal, um, is that in the beginning, or is very massive, is that in the beginning, it's very communal. Everybody's trying to help one another. And then for some reason, you have this decay of morality over time that tends to exist, where in the beginning, everybody wants to help each other. We all don't have a ton of resources. We don't know what we have or anything like that. We don't even know what we need. But we're all there to help each other. And then that same game, two months or three months down the line, it seems like once you start having people who have, and then you have the people who have not, um, like there starts to be a clear upper class player and a lower class player and you start to fit into these boxes and people stop helping everybody generously and i start seeing people become more dickish to each other less willing to assist um it's and i find that fascinating 
also just that morality, moral decay over time based on this, like, why are we all so great in the beginning? And then we tend to all become dickheads after two or three months. It's interesting too. I mean, I think you probably see a lot of um, instances of that in real life as well. Another way that we see these same behaviors, and I guess it makes sense, right? Like people, their tendencies in real life are going to be similar to their tendencies in video games as well. And I think video games just give you an unusual, almost like a Petri dish, an opportunity to be put in these situations. But like you think too, like probably that happens a lot with companies, right? Like a company starts up with a small group of people that are all really yeah. motivated and, and working together and not thinking about things. And the more time goes on, the more likely things are to kind of fracture and people, you know, start kind of making silos and things like that. So it's, um, it is interesting. I also wonder, uh, you know, there's a quote that I remember from uh, the sports writer, Bob Ryan, who uh, is a hall of fame sports writer that he always used to say that, that I loved, which was familiarity breeds contempt. And I wonder if that's uh, a little bit of what's at play. Like when, when you are just starting, you don't have the confidence. Um, you know, you don't have the, the knowledge. And so you don't feel like an expert. And so you don't feel like, you know, like you want the help. Like everybody's learning to, like you said, everyone's learning together. Everybody's trying to figure things out, trying to get started. The longer the game goes, the more people, the people who really get it and get established, like, does that, knowledge now they maybe look down on people who who haven't gotten it as fast or um you know make them feel like now i don't need help why do you need help things like that like how much do you think that plays into it versus just like like i think i don't disagree with like the idea of like there's a class a bit of a class system where like you have the haves versus have nots but do you think it's about the understanding of the game more or the um you know like just the the actual wealth discrepancy yeah so to piggyback off of my my second or my first point like i wonder as you were talking i thought of something and i wonder if um we're like are more people nicer in the beginning of a new mmo because they need help right so are we are we just nicer or more communal because we are at a disadvantage equally and we need help as well and that's the only reason why we do that and then once we don't need that help anymore we feel more inclined to be dicks and then dicks see other dicks and then it breeds more dicks. <laughs> and then you just got a bunch of dicks all over the server. So then you got a bunch of people just being jerks. So I think that's, that could be part of what's going on uh, with that is everybody's always nicer when they need help. Um, and then I like talking about that el elitism, elite, elite, elitism, talking about elitism. Um, like I, <laughs> I feel like, and I feel bad speaking for all of you as well, but I feel like all of us here have fallen into that elitist trap before as well during MMORPGs. So it's not like, I don't want to act like we're saying we don't act like these, these people. We're not mean sometimes to other people. I certainly feel like in playing with the two of you and all our other gaming friends that we've fallen into this elitist category too, where we're not, we're not, I don't know, we're not outright mean to people and I'm not trying to justify our actions, but like, how do we, how did we go into that when we're not like that in real life or are we like that in real life? <laughs> <laughs> Don't be speaking um, for me. I'm not a, nice in real life. I have a great example. I think Van of what you're talking about of ways that we've been maybe elitist in gaming um, is I think parsing. 
I think when we've gotten into oh, MMOs um, and comparing ourselves and others damage wise for those watching the podcast uh, when you're parsing that means you're tracking damage values and comparing them uh, with each other the damage that your character is doing in a game and um, normally like damage over time damage per second and it's a performance indicator basically and I think that probably um, I wonder if that does you know tie into how we are in real life you know I wonder if if, base, if the group of people we have together is we do care about how we do perform in real life like at our jobs or you know when, when something matters and we don't want to let each other down as friends and so that has kind of bled over into the game but at the same time that also kind of can create a weird uh, when you start when potentially start judging other people based on their performance yeah. on their performance alone which i've fallen into that trap you know before right. um um, that, that's and I want to jump into that because like, it's weird. I think I think when we're parsing amongst ourselves, I don't. I, at least when I see those parse numbers, like it's a challenge to me. I don't think anybody's weaker than other people just because I always outparsed Smiley, like in every game we've ever played. That is not true. <laughs> like in Magic, right? When you outparse Smiley and, and right, just because my KD's higher, my win loss is higher. Okay, no, your but, KD but, is mean, always higher. That is true. That is <laughs> okay. I will. I will actually accept that. But <laughs> but no, like like when we're doing, I think amongst us though we're learning like what can we get better i feel like that's just a little more of a challenge i think the second point is is probably more that i want to talk about and it's like when do we start treating people differently because they're not performing at the standards that we have now and and where do these arbitrary standards come from when do we set them why do we set them and all that kind of stuff well again i guess once again you're right i mean i i go back to my original point that familiarity breeds contempt right once we get to a certain level where we're performing at a high level we have high expectations for people. And so that's, I think what happens is, you, you know, we come in, I'm kicking ass, Shy's kicking ass, Van's kicking ass. We got this guy, we don't know him. You know, he just shows up in the party. He's a, he's a, he's a random pickup. All we know about him is his damage output. We look at the parts and say, oh, you know, he's doing half of what, of what Shy's doing and, you know, a third of what, what Van's doing. And like, you know, Shy's not even on a, day, a, t- a job that's supposed to be doing damage. Right. And he's out of damage, and, you know? And so we think this guy's an idiot. He's no good. He's no good. He doesn't take the game seriously. Doesn't belong with people who are, who are working hard. And, and I mean, you're right, but I guess it goes back to, to what I'm trying to get at with this whole, the video game conversation is look how differently even we in the past have treated people like this. Right. Whereas like, if you're in a situation at work, you might, think well and you know maybe it comes i'm just answering my own question as i'm going here maybe it comes down to the power we have right like when we're in a game we we have the choice to who we want to associate with and so do we do we have that standard say you know this guy sucks get him out of here we'll find somebody else like if you're at work i was going to bring up the point like if you're at work we've all had co-workers who who maybe don't work as hard as as the rest of the team or whatever like everybody's had people like that people who are just kind of jerks or whatever yeah like you don't just tell them to hit the road, but on the other hand, you don't have the power to. You're not the boss generally. Like, and, you know, I guess I don't know. I'm kind of all over the board here. I'm sorry. I feel. Well, I think no. I think, and that brings up a good point. I think sometimes also context. Like, you know, you talked about anonymity earlier. Like, when it comes to MMOs, like I think there's been times that we've played with people in an MMO, and maybe you know they were in the, our guild or whatever group or whatever, but we hadn't like, they weren't on voice chat with us and maybe they weren't performing a certain standard. And we were like, man, like what's up with this person? Like we like them and chat, they're friendly, whatever. And then they would jump on voice chat and all of a sudden you hear their kids in the background. You hear like, they're constantly having to like step away and do stuff. And like, it kind of gives you a better understanding of their environment. You know what I mean? Like it's really easy in isolation to view someone and like assume that they're in your, your position that, you know, there's no other distractions, whatever. But I think you, to your point, like you could be at work and you know, it, 
you know, Fred, let's say, could be a great performer normally, but maybe like his, his, he's dealing with cancer. He's taking care of his mom, who's like in a, you know, I don't know. I went really dark. I went really dark places, but you know what I mean? Like, yes, I guess what I'm trying to say is con- is well taken, context yeah. in, in real life is a lot easier sometimes to get as opposed to in this kind of very detached environment. Um, or which is a lot easier to, to judge someone. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Ben? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Charlie. Yes, no, I want. I was going to go in a different, a different direction. You, you caused a like earlier. I had a thought I wanted to go in, but you have anything for that? What happens when you start getting philosophical? Like, there's I so know. many tangents you can go down. It's amazing. It's like, brings yeah. me back to my college days. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no further comment. All right, let's go back to you then, Shai. We'll take us in a new direction. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think. You know, you originally started with me on this morality conversation. I was kind of like a deer in the headlights. I was like, can you can you elaborate on this question more? I didn't really have an answer, but I think I've really kind of narrowed down, I think, on what I think where I've seen morality, in my opinion, really be a gray area in games. And I think an area where it probably needs a better examination in, in context with real life. But one thing that I wanted to talk about was um, manipulation of other players and situations where um, maybe people form, so a lot of times in, in these online games, people will form communities and normally there's a leader. So like they'll form like guilds or they'll form, uh, you know, um, something clans, like a guild or yeah. clans, factions, guilds, clans, yeah. factions. And normally there's someone who, there's like a structure, a leadership structure. There's like a main leader, maybe even some sub leaders and they will end up making the decisions a lot of times for the group. And oftentimes in these games, if we just as we just discussed, people will spend, hundreds thousands of hours if not years playing these games and a lot of times doing stuff for those people you know uh, like doing goals for them helping that those people achieve certain things one a great example of final fantasy 11 was there was sometimes end game content where people would dump thousands of hours into a into a, a, a clan basically to help and eventually the people at the top of that clan were the ones who benefited the most potentially by getting what were called relic weapons you know the rest of the clan members maybe would get some benefit but a lot of times people would view the leaders as the ones who who won out the most now maybe they're putting in the most work but they also were getting the most benefit which maybe that's a capitalistic um you know benefit but i think if you think of like situations in 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 the our you know the real world if we're still saying this world is real um you know um where where people like like ceos have taken advantage of of either stakeholders or the employees of a company like normally they're they're held to account and i don't know that like i'm not trying to say that every every situation of a clan or a guild and gaming that the leader is taking advantage but there have been i think situations where that has happened where like leaders have taken advantage like like it's come out that they've that been using the guild they've um you know the guild maybe falls apart but it just i find interesting like i feel like in the real world there are more ramifications to that obviously you know like oftentimes there's legal ramifications um those people will come under you know i mean they get sued or, or different different things like yeah, that. Yeah, what, what a strange, uh, that's, that's a great point. I was thinking something along those lines. I'll let Van jump in because it looks like has, he has something as well. But uh, I want to talk a little bit about how a lot of these endgame clans and groups can really mimic like a corporate structure in, in a lot of ways. And you're right, it's interesting that like, you know, you have something like, uh, you know, where some companies and CEOs, you know, also, you know, you say, well, there's not the same ramifications, but how often do we see big time, you know, head tops of companies get what's called a golden parachute, right? Where they do take advantage of of one thing or another and, and they end up walking away for free. I think 
there's a lot more parallels than you might think. Like we, we have the perception that there's ramifications, but I think in reality, a lot of times the same, the same tenants hold that the people at the top end up walking away better off than, than maybe they should. Uh, what you got, Van? You had something that looked like you wanted to say. Yeah, two things. Um, one is a rhetorical question because there's no way to pull the data as quickly as we can. But like, yeah, that happens, Shy. But do you think it happens more often in video games or less often? And I can only go off of experience. And I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like often. Le- the the um, the leaders taking advantage of the rest of the people. Like right, in the like, video game, does it happen more often in the video game, or does it happen more often in in real? Okay. Or, or what we're seeing that, that's what I was gonna say. It's like more often. Yeah. So video game compared questions. to reality or more often yeah. than not so we're gonna do a little little quick lightning round so okay. i have two questions that's the first one so shy what do you think happens more often in video games or in our quote-unquote reality i don't i don't even have an answer to that honestly i don't know that so I, I guess it is quantify that reality yeah. for is my answer okay, yeah. i think so too the second question i want to do is kind of take it back to the our beginning conversation it's a question i wanted to ask and i just forgot about it is um what do you guys put the likelihood at that this reality that we exist in right now is a false reality? It is a, a um, virtual reality or something like we're a simulation, so to speak. Like, do you have any, and so give me a percentage on what percent possibility in your mind you think that we can actually be in a simulator as we speak right now or, or if we're undoubtedly not. So and I'll start with um, Smiley on that question. I'll go 5%. Okay. So 5% believing that we are actually in a simulation, 95%. Um, this is this is the core reality, the, the true. And we haven't even gone into defining reality because that in itself is a See, and that's, hour question. That's going to be my answer to that question. Okay. I don't but, have a percentage. How, how have we been using it though? So yeah, like, yeah. Well, I don't have a percentage because I think I mean, and you guys know, like I, 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 I'm, I'm a theist. It's like I believe there is a God who has created yeah. the universe, and so yeah. Like, if we think in terms of us, like if you're playing a simulator on your computer, that is still part of reality. Maybe it's not like that simulator exists and things are happening in it. So I think my answer would be that I think that, I mean, not that I believe that the God that I believe in is, is a sim, like just playing around with a, with a sim, that makes but sense. like, but he yeah. created, like we are in a way a simulation of what, what he's if, created. Like he is, what if you're, what if you're God's avatar in this game? Wait, what? what? What if you're God's avatar in this game? What if God has experienced this, this game through you and we're through just me? NPCs? Yeah. Oh, dear God. <laughs> what, if, what if life is an MMO and your God is different than my God because your God's playing you and my God's playing yeah, you? Yeah, no, I don't, yeah. Oh, man, now we're going there's deep. All kinds of, there's all kinds of weird questions you get into, yeah. <laughs> See, this that, is, it's only this fair is... for me to answer the question myself. I Please, think, yeah. I, I genuinely think. Since Shy refused to. What? I'm, I feel no, like yeah, a number on it. Answer. Put a number on it. It's a good answer, answer, but I want a number. Give I mean, me a number. His number, his number oh, can't be quantified. Yeah, well, I, think I, think quantified. Be, I think so, 100%, we'd be a simulation, right. but that oh, I think that okay. the simulation, okay. but it's created by God. But it's part of reality. Like, I think this hard thing is, like, I'm not trying to separate simulation from reality. But let's let's put it this way. Let's let's put it this way. What's the percentage that that to you, not leave God and all the other yeah, people out of it, a, to you. a creator of something. There's something right, that that is that we're being simulated. Right? Yeah. Is that the idea? The, the, the thing? This is supposed to be a lightning question. Maybe, you, maybe, awesome. you, maybe there's something outside that. of our reality. <laughs> but like, like, we, like, here's the thing. Like, yeah. what what you're suggesting, and I, I get what you're saying. I completely get what you're saying. I like it. But the idea is that like. Not that this is a simulated reality for God, 
but, but, but that, it's like, anything. for you like for you like do you believe that one day you could wake up and realize that this was all a reality like god was part of the simulation yes or do you think that this is all you've got uh, not maybe there's an afterlife but that this, yeah i would probably be yeah in the same boat as smiley i would say five percent or less probably like, that's crazy another that's cool. way to put it maybe that like is this as real as it gets in our life until we hit the afterlife. That's, see, that's, and, and that's the problem. That's is that so once again, if you talk about the afterlife, is the afterlife the true reality? Like, is that just another level of, people, of simulation? A lot of people think like, that. A lot of people think yeah, that. Right? Yeah. That's, that's a lot of people's belief is that we're really only here to experience what we need to experience. But anyway, I'm sorry, Van. I'd like to hear the answer to your own questions. Yes. I think I think it's I think it's much more likely than you think oh, that we're in a reality. Number? I'm probably closer to forty percent. That we're in a simulated reality? That we are in a simulated reality. You're, you're, you are 40% sure that yes. your life is a lie. and that none of Not this a lie, but that it exists in the same plane that everybody else is in a simulation. To, to which we can control it with our own free will. Like and, essentially, essentially a matrix that people don't wake up from. A perfect matrix. If you well, know. no, you, we might wake up from it. I don't know. But I, I, I feel like, yeah. I mean, clearly, if 40%, I'm 60, that's, 40, that, yeah, dude, it's, it's pretty high. If, clearly, pretty if I'm high. 60, 40, I believe that's not the case, right? If I'm rolling yes. odds. Right. But I, I'm, I'm pretty and so, open to the concept that we are genuinely in a simulator. Then I have a question More back so for you, people, which, is, which is why? What, make, what, what, what makes that number mm. so high for you? I am not going to have a good answer for that. Um, it's, it's a hard question. But I'll come to back to it. And, and, and it's, it's only because I've listened to many podcasts from other philosophers um, that I, on this exact topic, and they've made very compelling arguments with other professors from highly rated schools as to why, and I'm extremely scientific, so I don't overly rely on data, but I do trust data. Um, in and of itself can be useless, but when paired with examples and substantiation and experience i bought in a little bit to what they were saying they were using some probability models and it just made it very clear it's pretty cool how they do that I'll, I'll try to give you a better answer when i remember those those exact um podcasts and I'll, I'll share them with you guys as well they're they're pretty fascinating but it just opened my eyes to prior to those to listening to those two podcasts i think one was funny enough i think one was joe rogan one of his hosts and the second one was down um Dave Harris, Sam Harris, Sam Harris is the other uh, philosopher who I listen to a lot. And um, they both did a, a similar podcast on the same concept. But prior to that, I probably would have said like 2%, 5%, like you were saying, but I'm, I'm, I'm buying the apple a little bit more. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, we definitely went far afield on that one. Um, <laughs> that let's, was awesome. <laughs> let's get, let's get a little bit. I don't really exactly remember what my idea was on this, but I put it in the I notes. And so I, I, can, I can help you out here. You can help me with this. So yeah. we're talking about economics. And so many of the games that we play, many of these MMORPGs have a, um, you know, a in-game market system, like an in-game economy of their own, right? So a way to assign value to the, to the goods in the game um, and allow player to player trading. Um, and a lot of these economies get very complex and it's interesting how like these are basically regulated economies, right? They're, they're, oh, they're backed by the rules of the in-game world, right? Like you've got NPC merchants that buy and sell things at flat rates. So there's, there is always a baseline in these games for the economy. It's not just complete 
what will I pay versus what will you pay? But much of many of the items are essentially unregulated because they can only be acquired or traded between people. So you get a lot of really interesting parallels between real world economics in the game. And I want to talk about that a little a bit. I'm going to defer to Van then to start because I know you had some ideas on it first. And I thought it was very interesting seeing how some of these things worked in a game. Um, go ahead. What do you got? Yeah, that was, I was just going to answer what we we're talking about. You answered it beautifully. Oh, okay. <laughs> you said you had no idea what we we're talking about. And that was clearly exactly what we we're talking about. But yeah, no, I think it's amazing um, that, that the, that you can see like, not linear, but there's a, a um, constant inflation that exists over time um, that is pretty real world with everything you've been taught in economics 101. Uh, you know, as, as more things start to flood the market, more money becomes less, I'm going to completely screw this up. But anyways, um, as more people become rich, yeah, then there's more money in the market, more money circulating, then the more people are willing to pay more inflation, thus goes up and all that fun stuff. But it's pretty cool how like we will, so the auction house is based on the lowest bidder will acquire the next item. And so the markets, I think, is, is managed by the community. Uh, but it's just neat to see how it starts to take on a life of its own. And literally economists, I think, can do full blown like doctorals. Doctorates. Yeah, doctorates can like, or yeah, they can do like full on studies on this thing for college, for university. And it would be absolutely fascinating. I'd love to see like the parallels and correlations between real economy over time and what these virtual economies have done because they just seem to flow from everything that I've experienced in life and, and everything I've been taught, like it just follows ABC in line. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it, it kind of proves out a lot of the things that, like you said, you learn about, like you see real, real life examples without any real manipulation of supply and demand, it, you yep. know, in effect. What do you think, Shai, about yeah, the I economic think, side? No, I, think, I think that hits the nail on the head. I think also it'd be interesting to see similar, like if there'd be a similar comparison to something like how game developers have to go in and tweak certain like values or drop yeah. rates of things to like fix issues with the economy. If you could compare that almost maybe like the Federal Reserve or like other like economic agencies like specifically here in the u.s is is our our context but like who have to like sometimes meddle with the economy to like try to tweak things or try to like you know manipulate like there could be similar comparisons there um i think also something like we're talking specifically about like a currency-based system in mmos but i think you know oftentimes it's, it's pitched that the most valuable thing that anyone has is time not money and i think that i think a lot of times people think of games a lot of non-gamers think of ga as gamers as they just go into this like magical world of just like fun and relaxation and they're just like vegging out and just like you know i don't know i don't know like i think like i don't know that people understand that a lot of modern gaming is very objective based and very like actual very driven and and hardcore and i think that's actually even like a bigger economic concern consideration i think of when i think of like mmos is like how people choose to spend their time like how they choose to prioritize what they're doing like are they hunting loot what what's more valuable and a lot of that is determined like you know by the developers but it's also interesting a lot of times i think that that also grows organically in the game um you know as the game starts out and develops so i, I think that'd be interesting to to think more about talk more about 
Well, this has been a, a pretty wild ride of a conversation. Uh, I've enjoyed it because I don't get a lot of time to do philosophy in, in my current in my current financial industry role. But um, uh, I think it was good. I hope we didn't lose too many people with our. I know I was a little bit all over the place, um, but uh, but I thought it was good. I think we there's definitely some topics we could revisit here, and uh, I'd like to hear more Van about your uh, you know your nature of reality. What what kind of pushed you so hard? up to 40 percent man that's that's something um but that's that's our topic for today we wanted to save a couple minutes for disc in the drive we didn't really do that we never do um so you, we've each got a minute let's let's hit it real fast what do you play and what do you like where are you at shy give it to me um i'm still playing a bunch of mobile games so i think at this point um i'm still playing war of the visions as i've brought up several times um i of the of of the few of my friends who i started playing that game with i'm the only one still actively playing it but i'm uh, i'm still enjoying it um and uh one of you guys may talk about a game that we all started playing again recently. Um, were you guys going to touch? Any of you guys going to touch on that? Oh, um, I wasn't. I completely forgot. But total, like, man. Go yeah. ahead. Roll right no, into it. We don't have time. Gonna, that's going to take. We don't have time for long. back and forth. We'll get to plan it. Tease it. All right. All right. All right. All right. Um, Van, what do you got? So, um, Animal Crossing, we're revamping our whole island. It's a pretty awesome, ex uh, like, pretty awesome thing that we're doing. It's literally going to be a 20, I think I talked about it last time, like 21 days or three, three weeks, $3 million and all that fun stuff. So, we're, we're doing good progress on that. We have some nice. new villagers, so that's exciting. And then Smiley and I just started playing some MTG again. Woo-woo. So, I've been Magic having a lot of fun with that. Yeah. So. We're playing Magic the Gathering <laughs> Duels of the Planeswalkers 2013. Which it's amazing that the servers are still up to play multiplayer on that. That's really nice of them to, to let that <laughs> it's roll. All, it's like, that's like a matchup. Nobody, <laughs> nobody else is playing that. I, every so often, I try to like see if anybody else is hosting a game. Have not had one hit yet. I don't like sending a signal out into the out into yeah, stars looking for artificial like, intelligence. Want to play? Okay, I'll play against. It's so game. easy to match up though, because Smiley just creates a game, and then I put quick join any, and then it links up with him right away. <laughs> uh, awesome. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I've been playing that a little bit. What's funny is, so I keep track of my my wins and losses by deck because I'm a st statistician nerd, and so I have all my. I, I played over 300 games against real people back when this game was in its heyday. Uh, and I had about a 62% win rate, which is, I, I think, very that's good. pretty good. That's pretty damn good. That's like so, two out of three games. That's that's Almost, that's almost, high. yeah. yeah that's, it was high. I was pretty good. I played a lot of Magic 2013 Duels of the Planeswalker. I like that game a lot. Um, so I'm playing against the AI. And right now, after like 50-some-odd games, 60-some-odd games played, guess what my win percentage is? Like 40. 62%. It's the exact same. Real person. The computer is as good as a real player. Is this, what, is this, is this virtual reality? Right. Where you really sample. played against real people. people? <laughs> guys just blew my mind. Mother of God. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. But I think it's more telling that that's how magic any any collectible card game is like so much of the variance comes from your 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 draw getting mana screwed things like that like how much of the game is really under your control like a lot of games maybe don't even get turned by choices you make it's just by the cards you drew like it's taking advantage of the opportunities you have that's a discussion for another day so um the other game i'm playing really quickly uh is uh because that was more fan 
fan threw that out, stole my thunder. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles 1 Definitive Edition just came out, and one of our uh, friend of the podcast, Tankin, has been playing it and talking it up. And it made me remember that I'd never finished Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which is an awesome game. Like, I have 86 hours logged on that game I was looking at today. I was like, dang. I'm like two-thirds of the way through it. Like, I'm not even at the end. It's a long game, but it's really fun. Uh, and so I wanted to pick it back up and try to – finish it and get through the actual storyline and and knock it out and so i've been trying to do that little by little um but i'm glad i did getting back into it i'm actually really enjoying playing that again so hopefully i'll have a better update for that uh in a future podcast so uh, any final thoughts gentlemen before i roll off our spiel here i'll take that as a no Ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to contact the Focus Target Podcast, we would love to hear from you. We say that every week, and we do mean it. Uh, we have a Twitter handle at Focus Target. We have a YouTube channel, the Focus Target. Let me respeak. YouTube channel is Focus Target Podcast, and our email address is Focus Target Podcast at gmail.com. Um, we would love to hear from you. If you have any feedback, any thoughts, any ideas, let us know. We are a podcast of the people. We'd like to hear from you. So, until next time, I am your host, Smiley. This is Shy. And I'm Ben. As always, cover us, Porkins. We're out.